This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. Do you have a doctor's appointment today? <laughs> In all probability, somebody that's watching right now has had a doctor's appointment today. Uh, I, 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 do you enjoy that? Do you like going to the doctor? Somebody says, no, I don't enjoy going to the doctor. Well, I want to talk to you about a doctor today that, that I really enjoy being with. I want to talk to you today about a physician. We call him the great physician, Jesus. Please stay tuned as we talk about Jesus today, the one who is the physician of our souls, the great physician. Hello, I'm Billy Lambert, and I want to thank you for tuning in to Getting to Know Your Bible Today. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch today. We trust that this will be a blessing to you today. Now on Getting to Know Your Bible, we are offering again today a free Bible correspondence course. We want you to have it. This will enable you in your study of the Word of God. We want you to get to know your Bible much better. This will help you to be, study it in a systematic way. Now, in order that you might know a, more about the course, what it entails, and how you can study the course, we're going to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. As we think about Jesus being the great physician, there are two Bible references that come to mind. One in the Old Testament, one of those references is in the New Testament. Now the one from the Old Testament comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 8, verse 22, which incidentally is the last verse of that chapter. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Now the second reference is from Luke, the fifth chapter, verse 31 and 32. And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. These two passages of Scripture, these two Bible references, picture Jesus Christ as being the physician, the great physician, the physician of the soul. But you know, before a person sees the need for a physician or doctor, they have to understand that they have a sickness. And folk, our world is sick today. 
Our world is sick and ill with a, with a sickness greater than yellow fever, the disease that took the lives of scores of people in days gone by. This illness, this disease is worse than polio, the crippling disease. It is worse than the HIV virus. It is worse than cancer that causes so much hurt, devastation, and even death in our world today. And, and the disease I'm talking about is the disease of the soul. And the Bible calls it sin. Well, someone says, uh, who has it? Who has this disease? You know, all of us. All of us do. L listen to your Bible in Romans 3, 23. For all is sin. Come short of the glory of God. The whole world lies in wickedness, that is in sin, 1 John 5, 19. And so we have to see that we are sinners in the sight of God, that we've broken the will of God and the law of God before we'll ever see the need of coming to Jesus, the great physician. You know the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, leprosy was a terrible disease. And Luke 4.27 says, that In the days of Elias the prophet, there were many lepers in Israel, and none of them was healed, saving Naaman the Syrian. And Naaman was healed because of God intervened in his life. And he dipped seven times in the river Jordan, and he did what God told him to do, and he healed his, his leprosy. So some, some refer to, to sin as being the leprosy of the soul. You know, in Bible days, leprosy was not, a, was not contagious. That is, you didn't, you didn't inherit it from your father, from your mother. Sin is not inherited. That is, I'm not a sinner because my daddy was a sinner, my mother was a sinner. The Bible says, The soul that sinneth it shall die. The Bible says, The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. It is the soul that sins it shall die. And we sin because we exercise our power of decision, our volitional power. Proverbs 1 and 10 says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. We sin by consent. We sin because I make up my mind. That's what I'm going to do. And so we do not inherit it. Leprosy rendered one unclean. And wherever the leper would go, he would, have to cry, he would cry out, unclean, unclean. Sin renders our souls unclean. When David sinned against God by committing adultery and by having the woman's husband killed in battle, David felt so unclean. He wrote several psalms that we are referred to as David's penitential psalms, psalms of penitence. One of those is the 51st psalm. In verse 10 of that psalm he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. 
we are unclean because of our sins. Leprosy in Bible days was incurable except by the power of God. And sin is incurable except by the power of God. Unless God intervenes, there is no cure. That's where we call God's grace intervening. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You see, man is sinful. He didn't inherit it. He's not born totally depraved. We sin because we choose to do so. And it is our sin that put Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, He made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we should be made the righteousness of God through Him. Jesus Christ died in my place. Isaiah 53 explains it like this. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. Isn't that beautiful? To know that Jesus Christ died for me. Isn't that humbling? To know that Jesus Christ was, was suffered upon that cross in my stead. You see, Jesus Christ died because of sin. Now the question is in Jeremiah chapter 8, Is there no bomb in Gilead? Uh, there's a song that I've heard. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think when I was a student in college, we would sing that in chorus. There is a bomb in Gilead. Is there anything that has been done because of sin that exists in our lives today? And the fact is, Jesus Christ is that physician. He is the doctor who can heal our soul's diseases. In Hebrews 9.22, the Bible says, Apart from the shedding of blood, there is no remission. You see, Jesus shed His blood as an atonement for our sins. And that through the shedding of that blood, our sins could be forgiven. That was the sacrifice offered on our behalf, actually for the sins of the whole human family. Zechariah 13 and 1 says, In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanness. Uh, another song I hear occasionally, it, it goes like this, There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood, lose all of their guilty stains. Think about that. That fountain flows from Calvary. Jesus said in Matthew 26, 28, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which was shed for many. Why did you do that, Jesus? For the remission of sins. He shed that blood for the remission of sins. 
We understand the word remission when we think about a person having cancer and they go take treatments, maybe radiation or chemotherapy, and then they go to the doctor. The doctor says, I've got good news, you're in remission. They know what that means. That means that that cancer is no longer actively working in their bodies. And what a glorious day that is. Did you know Jesus is in the remission business? As the physician of our souls, He is. He's in the business of remitting sins. And that which can remit our sins is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, "...in whom we have redemption." through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. And then in 1 Peter 1, 18, 19, For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things, such as, such as silver and gold. Let me put that in just the way we talk today. You can't buy your salvation. It doesn't matter how much money you may have. It doesn't matter how, how big you may be in life, what position you may have in life. You cannot buy your salvation. Well, if we can't buy our salvation with silver and gold, how in the world is that possible? How can I be saved? Verse 19, But by the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb, without blemish and without spot. Jesus is that sacrificial lamb that laid down His life for the salvation of mankind. If any of us are saved and go to heaven one day, it will be because of, it will be because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the bomb in Gilead. That's the cure. That's the answer for the sin problem in our world today. The cross of Jesus Christ. In America, there is a movement to remove all crosses from public venues. Every once in a while, that'll come up in the news. They want to take this cross down, this cross down. But I'll tell you one place they can never take it down, and that's in your heart. If you have the cross in your heart, not around your neck, not as a charm on a bracelet, not on your lawn somewhere, not on some public place, but we need to have Christ in our hearts. And and we need to, to understand that it's the way of the cross that leads home. That blood that was shed was to appease the wrath of a holy God. Listen to Paul in Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. God commends His love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now let's let's think about that verse for a minute. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we were unlovely, He died for us. When we didn't deserve it, He died for us. Much more then, being justified by His blood, we are saved from wrath, through Him. That's verse 9. We're justified by the blood. Someone said that the word justified means just as if I'd never sinned. And I think that's true. It is the blood that justifies us. 
is that it puts us in a position of where our sins are forgiven and we're in a state where we will be just as if I had never done anything wrong. And as long as we walk in the light of God's Word, we can have the continual cleansing of our sins once we become New Testament Christians. Look at 1 John 1 and 7. If we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. That word cleanseth in the Greek language suggests a continual process of cleansing. That continual process of cleansing is contingent upon a person walking in the light. If we walk in the light, then that blood is continually, daily, cleansing us of our sins. I asked a good friend of mine, Dr. Cecil Mate, what does that really mean? I said, and I was asking, I knew the answer. I wanted to quote Cecil on television, just like I'm quoting him today. And I said, Cecil, if a person walks in the light as a child of God, this is a person who's believed on Christ, they've repented of all of their sins, they confess they believe in Jesus, and according to what Jesus said, they have been baptized for the remission of their sins, and they walk in the light, and they die, and they stand before God on the judgment. Question, Cecil, how many sins will they have to account for? He said, none. Not if you walk in the light. But suppose you get out of the light. I know some members of the Church of Christ who obviously are out of the light. That is, they're not living for Christ any longer. What do you do then? You get back in the light. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's in verse 9 of 1 John chapter 1. But we're talking about having all of our sins of the past forgiven. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing to know, friend, that God would forgive you of everything you've ever done in your life? How would you like that? Let me tell you something about the forgiveness of God. He does a good job of it. In Psalms 103 and verse 12, the Bible there says, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our iniquities from us. And, and as they say in the country, that's a far peace. When, when your sins have been removed away from you, in Hebrews 8 and 12, He said, I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and iniquities, will I remember no more? That doesn't mean God loses His ability to remember. It just simply means that God doesn't hold us responsible for them any longer when He forgives us those sins. Romans 4 and 8 says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. The word impute is a sort of an accounting term. And it means that God is not going to keep a ledger. There's some person against whom the Lord will not keep a ledger of his sins. Who is it? It's that man who's walking in the light. And the blood is continually cleansing him of his sins. Someone says, well, I want to get in the light. I want to get in a place where I can have my sins forgiven. What, what must I do? Well, the best place I know for us to turn to answer that would be over in the New Testament to the book of Romans. And we turn now to the sixth chapter of Romans. And we start reading in verse number one. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Obviously, he's writing to these Christians in, uh, in Rome. 
And he's speaking here in the past tense. This is, they had already had their sins forgiven. He said, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized, this, they'd already been baptized, were baptized into Christ. That's how you get into Christ where salvation is found, were baptized into His death. Now when you're baptized into Christ, you're baptized into His death, that is the benefits of His death. Question, where did Jesus shed His blood? You say, well now, Billy, that, that's a simple answer. Jesus shed His blood on the cross. He shed His blood in His death, did He not? When we're baptized, this is teaching that we're baptized into His death, now verse 4, Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism. Baptism is a burial. And he says, into death. And so we're baptized into the benefits of that death. It is in baptism. By faith, we come in contact with that blood, the benefits of His death, that washes away our sins. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now, I want to ask a couple of questions. Question number one, what washes your sins away? You know the song, What Can Wash Away My Sins? And the answer, of course, is nothing but the blood. But how do we know that? Because in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5, the Bible says, Unto Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. Our sins are washed away in Jesus' precious blood. Now that's putting it just as plain and simple as the Bible can possibly say. Question two. When does that blood wash away my sins? When does it do that? Well, let's turn now to the 22nd chapter of Acts and we'll read verse number 16. And this is uh, the recounting of the conversion of the man Saul of Tarsus, who later became known as the great Apostle Paul. Ananias is the preacher speaking to Saul. And this is what Ananias says to him in verse 16. Now why tarriest thou? Let, let me put that in just plain, the plain, this in, in our vernacular. What are you waiting on? Arise, get up, and be baptized. And what? Wash away your sins. What is it washes away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. But when does the blood do that? It's when I as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, as a penitent believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, are baptized into Christ. My sins are washed away. On the day of Pentecost, Peter was preaching to the, cr the crowd that had crucified the Son of God, and they asked, What shall we do? And he told them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever had your sins washed away in Jesus' blood? Have you ever been baptized into Christ? Baptized into the benefits of His death? We'd like to assist you in doing that. If you have a desire to be baptized into Christ, why don't you contact us?
we can get you in contact with some servant of God that will assist you in being baptized. I was preaching in a revival in Canada. A man comes up to me and said, Brother Lambert, I watched your program. I studied the Bible course. And he said, I called the church and asked them if they would baptize me into Christ. That's how it works. We'll help you. We want to help you. You know, a lot of people aren't interested in the great physician. A lot of people refuse to come to Jesus, who is the doctor of the soul. There, there may be a lot of reasons for that. Maybe, maybe one reason that people don't come to Jesus, who is the great physician, because they don't think they're sick. Have you ever seen a person that they, they look so, so pale and, and they, look, they just look sick? And you say, you feeling okay? Oh, I never felt better. You know, they just hated to admit they didn't feel good. And it's hard for some people to admit that they're wrong. It's difficult for some people to admit that they sinned against God. That's another reason, that's one reason some people never come to the doctor. They just don't think they're sick. I think another reason some people don't come to the physician of the soul is because they don't think their sickness is that serious. They don't think it's all that serious. Let me tell you how, you, how serious sin is. It was so serious that the God of the universe had to bring His only begotten Son into this world and allow that Son to be mistreated whipped, spat upon, and crucified to become the sacrifice for the sins of the world. Become a Christian today. Come to Jesus. I want to thank you for watching today. And in the closing moments, maybe I urge you to receive yet the Bible Correspondence Course. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you is my fervent prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible Correspondence Course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1877714 Getting to know your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580.
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.